1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Dr. Allie Brown, I am a surgical pathologist. Today I have two fantastic guests. Adina Welker, she is uh, the Longest Day Coordinator at the Alzheimer's Association Mississippi Chapter. And Cindy Wittig is a Community Education Director also at the Alzheimer's Association of Mississippi. And we are gonna talk about dementia, Alzheimer's disease, are you a caregiver? Do you know someone suffering from Alzheimer's? Do you yourself have Alzheimer's? we have It's a very common disorder. We've all been touched by it. Join us. We'll be right back. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women, our show all about health and wellness from a woman's perspective. Again, I'm Dr. Allie Brown. I'm a surgical pathologist. I'm excited to be here today to talk about Alzheimer's disease and dementia. I want to give out our phone number. It's 1877 MPB ring. Ooh, things got quiet. 18776727464. You can also send us an email at women@ at mpbonline.org thank you for joining us on Southern Remedy for Women today on MPB Think Radio I have the pleasure of having two experts with me in the studio today experts on Alzheimer's Alzheimer's disease um, both of these uh, wonderful ladies work for the Mississippi chapter of the Alzheimer's Association we have Adina Welker, who is the coordinator for The Longest Day, and Cindy Wittig, who is the uh, community education director for our Mississippi chapter. And I want to welcome you guys today. Thanks for coming. Thank you. I know, Cindy, you've, you've been here before. I it's have. good to see you again. And it's nice to meet you, Adina. Thank you. It's nice to meet you, too. Awesome. I want you guys <laughs> to just go ahead and, uh, Cindy, if you want to start, tell me about yourself. How did you get involved in this cause? Okay. And, uh, um,
3: I uh My grandmother had Alzheimer's, and she lived with me for the last two years of her life, and it's just been, I've always wanted to be involved with the Alzheimer's Association. I have been a volunteer before I started working with them, Did support group, facilitator, and community education programs. So, um, you know, I am here because I have a son, and I don't want him to go through what I did with my grandmother. I want to find a cure, and I want to be a part of that. So... It's, it's exciting.
1: Proactive. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yes. Well, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you found your, your calling mm-hmm. and, a, and a meaningful job. That's what Adina and I actually were talking about just before we came in the studio. And Adina, would you tell us a bit about yourself as well? Yeah. Um, I am uh,
4: Adina Welker. I've been at the association for about two years. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom and raised my kids. Um, and now I am um, doing work with the Alzheimer's Association that I um, strongly believe Um, will make a difference in the world. And I love that um, we have loved ones in our family um, who struggle with Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, So it's empowering to be able to come to them with help and with answers. And I enjoy having um, access to a resource that can help them. And I think my heart and my passion is to make sure that um, everyone who is struggling with this, that they know that there's help out
1: there. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure it's very easy to feel very alone when either you're suffering from this disease or you're a caretaker, a loved one of someone. So Mm -hmm. I I applaud both of you. Let's go through some facts. Uh, When I was doing research for the show, it's striking uh, that there are about five million people who are living with Alzheimer's in our country today in Mississippi, about 54,000. And in Mississippi, we have about 206,000 caregivers. We do want to focus quite a bit on caregivers, particularly around the holidays. Uh, Sometimes that's as difficult Mm -hmm. as having the disease, I would say. Um, Alzheimer's is the sixth leading cause of death in our country, more than breast and prostate cancer combined. When you think about – I mean, I'm a breast pathologist, so that's kind of my area (laughs) of expertise, but you really you hear a lot Mm -hmm. about breast cancer and breast cancer awareness. I don't know that we hear – Proportionally, that much more about Alzheimer's for the volume and impact that it has really on, 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 on people today. Uh, about 5 million people are living with, with Alzheimer's in the, in the US, with more than 15 million caregivers in our country, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. That's really, really striking. So, what you're saying about making sure people have access to support groups and whatnot is so important. And let me just give out the number one more time and then I wanna talk about mm-hmm. the support group resources that are available. I wanna make sure that we get that in on the show. The number is one mpb ring That's one 877 We also have an email address if you wanna send us a question or a comment, talk about your experiences with the disease, a loved one, women at MPB online dot uh, org again the topic is all about alzheimer's disease and dementia so um would you mind cindy telling us about some of the resources sure. that the alzheimer's association provides
3: you know when um, my grandmother lived with me i was actually working at an adult day center i thought i knew everything there was out there but living with someone that's living with the disease, it's a little bit different. And looking back, there are so many resources available that I didn't even know about. So I can just imagine the general public out there struggling. And I get I, the one that gets the phone calls of people in the community looking for resources, looking for help, somebody to talk to. So that is why I love what I do, because it's almost like I've got to tell everybody You're not alone, and there are things, there are resources here to help.
1: What great news to be able to have resources, and your problem is you can't get enough people to know about it. Exactly. So so let's let some people know about it through the show today. (laughs)
3: Okay. We have um, caregiver support groups throughout Mississippi. Uh, We are really trying to vamp that up and get more support groups in the areas that we need support groups, but right now we, I don't know, we probably have about 30, 40 support groups. Um, and they meet once a month, different times of the week, you know, morning, afternoon, evening, different days, depending on what the, the community wants, needs. But it's just an hour of a place, hour, hour and a half, where the caregivers can get together and talk about their um, frustrations, what's going on with them every day. Um, get some help from other people that are going through it at the same time and I remember when I was first started as a facilitator there were people that were kind of in the middle stage caregivers there and then some maybe at the later stages I'm thinking ah, why don't you mix them because those people that have been at the later stages they've already been through what the middle stage people are going through, so they really helped each other, and the people that had been dealing with it a lot longer, they actually felt like they were helping. So it's it's just a valuable resource. Yeah,
1: valuable that you can get information, mm-hmm. and also that you can have that feeling of helping others right. through a, trying to turn a negative situation as positive as you possibly right. can. We have um,
3: on, on our website alz.org/ms uh, link to the support groups, uh, so they can. Certainly check that out. They can call me. Um, let me see, the 1-800 number. I'll give the 1-800 number because if I'm out, they are going to answer the phone and get me the message. Okay. And I'm out of the office a lot. So this makes <laughs> sure, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm not going to answer this phone, but mm-hmm. they will. So it's one eight hundred two seven two three nine zero zero. 272 3900 so there's somebody there and that's another resource is the helpline representatives. They have been trained to help people get over and figure out different situations and steps to take that maybe we hadn't thought of. They can they can discuss so many things, medication, what you know, whatever we're struggling with here, they can help. Yeah. Direct give a little comfort
1: yeah because i would imagine some people maybe at least feel that they can't leave the home to maybe attend one of these support Mm -hmm. groups and having the number to call into is very valuable right
3: and we do have we have that um the phone helpline but we do have phone support groups and online support groups so there's you know we we try to get as many avenues as we can to to get yeah
1: People the help they need because you understand how people are really yes uh, their lives are impacted even when they don't themselves have the disease definitely okay we're talking about alzheimer's disease today and dementia our number if you want to call in with questions or comments one mpb ring that's one 672 7464 or you can email us at women at mpb online Dot org. As I was looking at your website, there are a lot of great resources. Um, there are worksheets you can go through. Uh, one of them that I particularly found interesting was a, uh, a list of warning signs. It says, have you noticed any of these warning signs and list these concerns and take them? take the sheet with you to the mm-hmm. doctor it's really facilitating people to have maybe some difficult conversations with their physician oh, yeah. and what do you i do? love this sheet yeah.
3: because it, it it takes 10 different scenarios and it makes you think okay you know i hear all the time i can't find my keys i've got Correct. alzheimer's Correct. well probably not and this takes Everyday situations, and basically says, "Don't you don't have to worry about this, but if you're doing this, you need to worry." Mm-hmm. So, um, this is a great check check sheet. It's easy, simple and take it and share it with your doctor exactly.
1: Yeah, because I'm sure a lot of people, as you said, people, am I just getting older, mm-hmm. am I not sleeping well, or should I be concerned? And that's right. probably one of the initial questions that folks often have. Or should I be concerned about my loved one, or is this normal right. aging? And, and memory,
3: uh, memory loss mm-hmm. is not normal mm-hmm. part of aging. You know, forgetfulness, yes, but the memory loss is not normal part of aging. And so many people think, I'm old. I'm not going to remember everything, so and it could be medication. Sure, mixed there are a lot of. Things I mean, that it could, could be it. a lot of medical things too. So That's this is a good, a good reason start. to take it to your doctor.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're about to take our first um, break of the show. This is a good time. But when we come back, let's go through some of these items uh, individually. We're talking about Alzheimer's disease and dementia today. We have our experts from the Mississippi chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Go ahead and call us with any questions, concerns, experience. Do you have advice for other folks that are going through this right now? 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also email us at women at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Dr. Allie Brown. I'm a surgical pathologist. I'm here today with Adina Welker and Cindy Wittig talking about Alzheimer's disease and dementia. These ladies are from the Alzheimer's uh, Association, the Mississippi chapter, and we'd love to hear your experience, Uh, any questions you might have for these experts or any comments, perhaps things that you've gone through in your own life, taking care of someone with, with Alzheimer's or maybe you yourself have... Are in some stage or are concerned about having dementia? Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or email us at women at mpbonline dot org. Uh, Cindy just handed me this fact sheet about women and Alzheimer's disease, and I found this very surprising: that women in their sixties are more than twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's over the rest of their lives. Twice as Often going to then breast cancer,
3: mm-hmm. right. and we
1: kind of feel like oh everyone's going to get breast cancer if exactly. they live long enough. But actually, you're twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's. That's amazing. Right. So just thank you for coming here and helping us um, shed light on on these facts, uh, and 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 bring this up today. Hopefully to help some of our listeners out there. And happy to do it. Area. Yeah. So let's go through some of these warning signs. Uh, and I and I think you mentioned a big a big part of this is that memory loss is not normal. Mm-hmm. You don't lose your memory from normal aging. It doesn't mean you have Alzheimer's, right. um, but it, it's not normal. So the first sign is memory loss that disrupts daily life. I think that second part is is really key. So um, not necessarily just forgetting where you put your keys, which I've already right. done once today, <laughs> um, but forgetting names and appointments, but maybe you remember them later. Mm -hmm. Folks who have Alzheimer's, that it's sort of, it's gone, right? Right, Right. and that's what probably
3: most of the people say. I can't remember somebody's name. I'm like, well, are they your children? Are they your parents, your cousins, whatever? That's really when you get concerned, but forgetting co-worker's name or something for a little while is stress
1: probably more than anything. Yeah, it should come back to you eventually, (laughs) right? Exactly, right. Uh, The next one is... Challenges in planning or solving problems, mm-hmm. so having trouble famili- following a recipe that was once familiar to them, or having hard time um, with the monthly bills where that wasn't a problem before. Right, and that's where I hear stories of families. Um, they,
3: they start not being able to balance the um, the checkbook uh. and start overdrafting or paying all the telemarkers and. So, yeah,
1: who prey on these folks often. We we, the phone lines are are really taking off at this point. Um, So let's go ahead and shift to the phones. Kathy is calling us from Madison. She has a question about chemo brain and dementia. Hey, Kathy, thanks for calling. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing this morning? I'm
0: okay. I um, had my last chemo treatment about two
1: years ago. Congratulations. Um,
0: Thank you. Uh i um but my my chemotherapy lasted about a year a uh, year and a half, and um I did have some issues with uh uh that kind of fall brain mm-hmm. sort of thing, and uh it's a little better, but the functioning is, is difficult because I'm not functioning like I used to mentally um and I was just wondering, and I'm at the age where I'm almost ready to retire you know from work and i'm not sure if what i'm having is just the chemo thing and i'm kind of trying to get over it, it'll get better or is the beginning of some kind of dementia
1: that's a great question and uh, you know, For the listeners at home, uh, probably many people have heard of this entity mm-hmm. called chemo brain when folks have to have chemotherapy, um, mm. uh, which hopefully works to control or even cure their cancer. Unfortunately, there are many negative side effects from chemotherapy, many different types of chemotherapy and many different possible side effects. But so the so-called chemo brain, which, Kathy, which you're describing uh, is usually how people describe it as kind of a fogginess, uh, feeling kind of in a blur just not being quite maybe as sharp as right. before. And you said you, you finished your chemotherapy a couple of years ago. Do you feel that, that your, 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 um, your perception of, of, of how you're doing is pretty stable or has it been getting worse or better? It,
0: I don't feel like it's getting better.
1: Um, Do you feel it's
0: getting worse? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I think it's kind of getting worse. I, I don't feel like it's getting any better. I think my, I'm I'm trying to be sure that it's just better Correct. than not being patient.
1: Well, and certainly people can have more than one thing. Right. 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 I mean, just because mm-hmm. you have kind of the side effects from chemotherapy doesn't mean that uh-huh. you aren't uh, potentially right. experiencing some some uh, uh, signs of early dementia. Um, mm-hmm. if, if your feelings were... Um, Stable and hadn't been getting worse since since their onset. I would think that that would be reassuring. If you feel that it continues to get worse, where the offending agent, the chemotherapy, has been removed now for two years, then that would be definitely concerning. Either way, I think it's a, a great thing to take to your to your physician, and I think that bringing looking at these handouts that are available on the Alzheimer's Association website of, of the warning signs working through this worksheet and bringing that to your family physician, your internist, even your oncologist if you're still still seeing your oncologist and asking them if what you're noticing if it's concerning um and really trying to pay attention to whether these um, symptoms and signs are getting worse
3: and yeah and i'd like to suggest or recommend that she contact the mind center Mm -hmm. it's part of the university of mississippi medical center and Uh um, you could go there and uh do a screening okay um,
1: what kind of center
3: was that again it's the mind m-i-n-d Yeah, Mind
1: okay. it's at UMMC, and they have a lot of neurologic screening tests that they give you, um, just kind of to go through and find a, a baseline, if nothing else, and yeah. to try to evaluate if there are significant um, uh, deficits to, to anything in particular. So that is mm-hmm. a, that. Thank you, when you, uh, I mean, yeah. Cindy, for bringing that up. Yeah. That's a. Um, there you know. There's several cut. other clinics
3: that that do that, but the Mind is close. Yeah,
1: if it, you uh, know yourself, and if you feel. Uneasy, and you feel like something is not normal. I would urge you to to look into it, and hopefully, yeah. everything's fine and it's nothing. But it, empower yourself to to get those answers, Kathy. Yeah,
0: well, thanks so much. I, I am still seeing my oncologist. I mm-hmm. see her. I think every six months now. I'm on the six month scene. and um, she has told me that if um, I continue to be concerned, that I need to to just let her know, and we would see what we need to do, you know, from, from yeah.
1: there. Yeah, if anything, to put yourself at ease a bit. And yeah. I think also, if you go to alz.org
4: slash ms, alz.org is um, an incredible website, and it has tons and tons of information that, is vital to have when you're looking at is this normal, is this contributed. There are a lot of causes of forgetfulness. Dementia is one of them, um, but medications can certainly do it. Um, so go to that website, look around on there. There are things that, um, that I really think will help you be able to differentiate um, when, where and when you need to approach your doctor. Okay, great.
1: Thank you all so much. Thanks for your call, Kathy. Nice talking to you. Uh-huh, I'm going to give out the number right before we go to Rick, who's calling from Ridgeland. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or email us at women at mpbonline.org. We're talking about Alzheimer's and dementia. Hey, Rick. Yes. How are you doing uh, today?
5: Good. I'm doing good. I have three staccato questions. One's about uh, <laughs> um, inheriting this uh or not inheriting but uh, it passes down through your genes if that dementia or alzheimer's and the second is do mind puzzles help with it uh sudoku and crosswords and third is driving um while i drive uh i've noticed 10 years ago that sometimes i'll forget where i'm headed uh and all of a sudden it'll hit me and uh not not an increasing uh but just curious if that's on your list
1: well, thanks for those questions. Okay, the first question was about inheritance, about genetic predispositions. Correct. So it is... A
4: uh, well, there is a, there can be a strong um, genetic link. There are certain forms of Alzheimer's disease that are genetic, um, especially early onset ALS. If you have a history of that in your family, then your risk factors are significantly higher. Um, so I would definitely check with your doctor about that and, and look into your family history. Um, Also, though, other large contributing factors to having Alzheimer's or dementia are environmental factors, environmental risk. If you have a head injury, if you've gotten exposure to certain chemicals, Um, you know, anything that's good for your heart is good for your brain. Hypertension, diabetes, they both increase your risk factors, um, keeping your blood pressure down, keeping your diabetes under control, um, not smoking. All of those things are things that you can do to actively help protect your brain.
1: All right. And the next yep. question was about doing Sudoku and crossword puzzles. And there are lots of apps that you uh, can purchase and, mm-hmm. and do those mind type games. Well, the Alzheimer's Association actually has a program called 10 Ways to Love Your
4: Brain. And it is 10 things you can do proactively. A lot of times people um, accept the fact that they have this idea that um, – Alzheimer's is going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and that is not true. Anything that's good for your heart is good for your brain. And we have this incredible program called 10 Ways to Love Your Brain. And it gives 10 very practical, easy approaches to changing your lifestyle that will lower your risk factors and help improve brain health. And one of them is exercise. <laughs> right. Anything where you exercise, um, eating a good, healthy diet, and yes, playing games. Anything that stimulates the brain, um, reading, <coughs> game playing, Sudoku, anything that makes you your brain kick in
1: and work is is helpful. Yeah, so exercising your body, uh your muscles mm-hmm. as well as your brain. So, there you go, Rick. You were right about that one. And the last question about forgetfulness while driving, is this the thing where you kind of go on autopilot and you, and you arrive at your destination and don't remember getting there cuz that's very common or do you just not even know where you're going?
5: Yes, that's that, that's sort of it, but it's also driving out to pick up the mail, but it's usually on a non- uh, like a non-routine, it's it's like uh, the, the way you drive to say the office. All of a sudden, it's Sunday. You're driving to church. And you just forget you're going to church, and uh, you know that kind of forgetfulness. And but then you you take a moment, and then you'll, you you reappoint yourself that hey, I'm going to church today.
1: So you you start thinking maybe you're heading to the office, which is what you normally do. But then you have to change yep. gears and go to, to church. <laughs> yeah. And you said this has been going on for ten years. It's yep. stable. This sounds maybe like, Rick, like this is just part of your wiring, something that you do. (laughs) It's a good thing that it's stable, um, I I would say. I mean, you certainly, if it starts getting worse or if something new um, crops up, and it's something to mention to your physician next time you have a visit. But do you ladies have anything to add to that?
3: Um, I would definitely talk to the physician about it. And that is one of the the warning signs. Mm -hmm. You know, if you forget where you're going, it's like the lady that's been to the beauty shop every Friday for 50 years and she cannot remember how to get home when she leaves. Yeah. And she drives around the neighborhood for like 20, 30 minutes trying to find her house. That's more of when we're concerned I've done that autopilot. I've gotten on the interstate with my kid in my back seat, and he's supposed to be at school before I got off the interstate. I've so, done that, you know, too. That Show <laughs> up in the
1: parking lot at work, and the yeah. kid's
4: like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I think going on autopilot is something everybody naturally does, is, Does, but I think that the problem comes in when you're going to work, and you've been there every day for 10, 15 years, and suddenly you can't figure out how to get to work. It's when you get lost yeah. trying to get to where you're going, or when you're trying to get home, something that's very familiar and you get lost, that's where you really start getting
3: concerned. Concerned. And and I would think it'd be more than just one thing going on, Mm -hmm. too.
1: Is that helpful, Rick?
5: Yes, it is. Thank you very much, ladies.
1: Well, we definitely appreciate your call. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. (laughs) All right, so the next warning sign on the list um, is difficulty completing familiar tasks at home, at work, or at leisure. So folks with Alzheimer's often find it hard to do even daily tasks of living. They kind of forget how to do maintenance activities.
3: And my grandmother, I tell the story all the time, um, she could not remember where to put the coffee cups lived in the house for 50 years, and it's over here in the little cabinet. And she would open every cabinet trying to figure out where to put them.
1: Like she was in a whole new place. Yes,
3: exactly. Or if she recipes, she would have to look at the recipe, and then if she got distracted, she'd come back and put in another cup of sugar. Or look back, we'd have four cups of sugar when you only needed one because she couldn't focus enough to to get through it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely a warning signs, especially mm-hmm. when grandma start, starts getting the recipes wrong. That is extremely <laughs> unusual. Yeah. Correct? Yes. Uh, as as Rick had mentioned, confusion with time or place, mm-hmm. so losing track of dates, seasons, time passing, um, not understanding something if it's not happening immediately.
3: And with that, the first thing I think of is people that I work with. They always think they're back when they were children they may think it's 1946 or you know early early years um when i was at the adult day center some of the ladies would come in and they would be teachers one day or they would be students the next day depending on where they were so getting yeah getting this mixed up and thinking it's 1946
1: and this is to be uh, differentiated from something that's normal, which is just maybe forgetting what day of week it is. I mean, that, <laughs> my father used to do that. and He would say, this is one of the pluses of retirement. I have no <laughs> idea what day of the week it is. So that's not necessarily something, but really getting right. disoriented to time or right, place and things right. like that was more of a mm-hmm. red flag. We're going to take our second break of the hour. Sue from Beaumont, I see you, that you're on the phone. So just hold on there. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one eight seven seven we are talking about Alzheimer's, dementia. Uh, you can also email us, women at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women from MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women here on MPB Think Radio. I am Dr. Allie Brown. I am here today with Adina Welker and Cindy Wittig from the Alzheimer's Association Mississippi Chapter. We're glad to have them in today talking about all things dementia and Alzheimer's. We're going to go right to the phone line. Sue is calling from Beaumont. Hey, Sue.
0: Hi, ladies. How are y'all? Doing
1: well. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine. I'd I'd like to ask you a
0: question. I, I had an aunt who was very dear and precious to me. She was in her 80s. She didn't drink, she didn't smoke, not, not in her entire life. She was very active and her mind was sharp as a tack. Then her family says that overnight, I mean just literally overnight, her behavior changed and she was confused and her behavior was totally out of sync with her normal character. And I think as a medical professional myself, I think that she must have had a stroke to call that sudden onset. I've never heard of a sudden onset of Alzheimer's, so I think she must have had a stroke. What do you think?
4: We're,
5: we're all yeah, shaking we're all our, our heads. Yeah.
1: Yes, that uh, seems the most likely yeah, cause. It does anything uh, acute like that, mm-hmm. you know. And for the listeners, when we say something is acute, it means it has a very rapid onset. Um, you think of like a stroke right. or something, you know, like and that. urinary tract infections. Also,
3: that's one of the uh, first things we check when, septic. when um, before they would go to Jerry Syke, they would make sure because my um, father-in-law just passed with this, and he had a couple, and his behavior was totally different and he would get better with that and he'd get back
1: so having some sort of an infection yeah. that's kind of subacute that people maybe don't even know yeah. that they're having and in in our geriatric population our older population really having an infection like a urinary tract mm-hmm. infection can have a lot of neurological uh, consequences yes. where they're really kind of out of it yes and he so, did yeah. have stroke too so mm-hmm. I, it that's what it sounds like. You have to be that fast. Yeah. yeah. And as Adina said before, heart health is brain health. Mm-hmm. So um, a stroke is essentially like having a heart attack in your brain. So a, a, a blocked blood vessel, instead of in the arteries mm-hmm. that supply your heart muscles, it's in an artery that supplies a part of your brain. So um, if a someone has diabetes, high blood pressure, I mean, when folks get to be well into their 80s, even mm-hmm. 90s, people are living longer and longer. Um, you know, so people have strokes mm-hmm. and have some events like that. Yeah. So Sue, I I have to say I think we're in agreement with you with we're all medical professionals here. Well, thank you very much. I
3: just I just often wondered about that because her family was called Alzheimer's. I said I, I've never heard of anybody developing Alzheimer's overnight. She she probably she had a form of dementia, and dementia is kind of like the umbrella where yeah. we have cancer, and then we've got breast cancer, prostate cancer. And dementia is the umbrella. And then Alzheimer's, the vascular dementia, different kinds like that. So, yeah, yeah maybe not Alzheimer's dementia,
1: but some sort of dementia. dementia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. vascular. Thanks for your call, Sue. Have a great weekend. The number to call us if you want to share uh, questions, experiences about Alzheimer's, about any form of dementia, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one Or email us at women at mpbonline.org. Back to our list, ladies. The next one is Trouble Understanding Visual Images and spatial relationships. So we're going through a list of warning signs. This is available on the Alzheimer's Association website if you are concerned about yourself or about a loved one and you want to know whether these are just signs of getting older or if these should be more worrisome signs of some sort of dementia, particularly Alzheimer's. So we're on to number five, which is trouble understanding visual images and spatial relationships. These are some big words, but this is... This is um, when people start
3: having wrecks. Uh, they have a little fender bender that's somebody else's fault. And next week, it's going to be somebody else's fault. Their vision does change. I mean, as we get older, it changes. But something about dementia um, is even increased. Changes. So not
1: necessarily that you can't see or that right. it's your cataracts, but that maybe oh, your you brain have, processes. Yeah. Have trouble processing yeah. images. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I've had um, two different people come to me and tell me, you know, what seems to me is, you know, odd but it was part of their dementia part of their visio the spatial issues one of them um her mother-in-law would walk to the edge of the carpet in the living room and she wouldn't step over into the kitchen well there, her flooring was very very dark and she would only mm-hmm. walk from carpet to carpet and she was like i don't understand what to do what to do what to do so put a rug down between the carpet and the carpet because you know she said I'm going to fall in I'm going to fall in I don't understand what she's talking about and I really feel like you know she saw that darkness and her brain wasn't able to process it Mm -hmm. and she was afraid she was going to fall in a hole Mm -hmm. and once she laid down that rug from one carpet to another and she literally walked across it like it was a yeah. she just couldn't
3: Mm -hmm. process the change in flooring. Mm -hmm. And we suggest a lot of the times when I'm doing programs to if someone is trying to get out all the time out of the, the house or wherever to put a darker rug at the door and they a lot of them
1: do not attempt to cross over it Yeah, because we get very dangerous when yeah. folks get out and they just don't have um mm-hmm. the ability to keep themselves safe or mm-hmm. others we have another uh caller we have charlotte who's calling from cleveland hey charlotte
0: hey um i just wanted to share a personal experience my mother is um in, um she's married the seventh year of dementia that uh, began after radiation and chemo. And um, I learned, I did, we did not know going into radiation and chemo that brain fog dementia can sometimes occur.
1: Well, thank you for, yeah, for sharing that. So, did she have um, whole brain radiation? Uh, no,
0: she had. Uh, it started after radiation. She was actually over radiated uh-huh. to the point of uh second, third-degree burns under her arm after breast cancer, and she's had three types of cancer, but it began after the breast cancer treatment.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Charlotte. But this is a great example again that not all dementia is Alzheimer's dementia. Mm-hmm. That dementia is the umbrella term, and there are many different causes of the symptoms and signs of dementia. Thank you for bringing that to light, Charlotte. We appreciate your call. Thank you. Okay. I want to make sure we get into talking about caregivers, and I know, Adina, that you have a lot of uh, information about this. Um, as we mentioned before, the impact is not just on the patients themselves, but also on friends and family who help care for patients with Alzheimer's.
4: Yeah, I think um, caregivers, are, one of the things I see caregivers struggle with most is loneliness and isolation. Um, And then also they have I've seen caregivers have this impossibly high standard of perfection. They think they're supposed to be Um, the uh, and if I had one word of encouragement to offer, it would be um, caregivers need permission to be human. They need permission to um, wail and cry and grieve and they need permission um, to not be perfect. I think that, you know, you in addition to dealing with the grief and and the emotional struggle and turmoil of um, watching someone you love suffer, then you also have the responsibility of protecting them to the best of your ability and um, trying to provide for them. And often, often when their behaviors um, are, are, are not the greatest, um, that makes it even more so and then the caregivers tend to beat themselves up because they lashed out and they snapped at them and said something snotty and you know and then they beat themselves up for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks sure. and just I think that people need um, permission to be human when they're a caregiver and that I think that's part of the reason why the support groups are so essential I think that's why that 24-7 helpline is just is phenomenal um, I have a, um, a quote that I stole off of Pinterest <laughs> love <laughs> interest and it said um i sat with my anger long enough until she told me that her real name was grief mm. and i think that that's what so many people um it's easier to be angry than it is to be hurt yeah and i think that um caregivers it's vital 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 to have community the org slash ms there's a message board on there it's it's manned lifetime by people in the community um so people in wisconsin and florida and People in their homes who are dealing with a disease on a day-to-day basis, they're chatting live time on the message board and offering ideas and answers and solutions and commiserating and, and sharing that, you know, a, a burden shared is a burden lessened. And I think that um, the isolation and the um, loneliness and the alienation that uh, so many caregivers um, toil and struggle and... and um, bend under um that that can be lessened and there are ways um i know i have some people i know that you know they can't leave they can't leave and go to a support right. group but there is help on the other end of that phone there's somebody who's going to answer that phone 24 7 365 3 a.m on christmas morning you've locked yourself in the closet crying there's somebody that's going to answer that phone and is going to help you and be there that message board those are people who get it like every single day they understand. They devoted it. their
1: lives to helping people in this way.
4: Because they are, they're the ones going through it right then and there, too.
1: Well, caregivers, we uh, are talking to you right now. We know you're out there. We know you're listening. We appreciate you, and it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be human. I think sometimes caregivers... They're almost avoiding the grief, right? This is a yes. horrible, terrible, mm-hmm. difficult situation. and Staying busy and being stressed out about those things almost allows you to put off. I mean, you're really Absolutely. mourning your loved one when they're already gone. Even if they're still alive, they're in many ways kind of gone and mm-hmm. they're already in that stage of mourning. So it's such a com- complex situation to be in. And then there's also the flip-flop. You know,
4: there are no two days that are the same. One day is going to be great. The next day is going to be awful next day is going to be oh what's wrong everything's good and the next day you're just dying again it doesn't make sense the the behaviors can bounce back and forth from day to day to day to day and that level of unpredictability can make things harder on the caregiver because they really just need some consistency absolutely so i think that um you know when a uh, when a person with alzheimer's disease um when their behaviors are bad the person isn't giving you a hard time, but they're having a hard time. Um, and that's hard. That's hard for the caregivers to get around. Why is this stay so bad? And this stay's
1: fine. Why can't he always be fine? Why can't she always be fine? Right. You can't, don't, don't need to blame yourself for that. It's just part of this unfair disease. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we're gonna, we're going to take our last break of the show. Um, if you want to call in and if you're a caregiver or um, know someone with Alzheimer's or have any questions, the number is 1877 MPB Ring, 18776727464, or send an email to women at MPBonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women from MPB Think Radio.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy for Women, the show about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. Perspective, bispective. I don't even know what that is. I'm Dr. Allie Brown. I'm a surgical pathologist. I'm here today with Adina Welker and Cindy Wittig from the Mississippi chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. We were talking about caregivers, and this is listeners. This is a sad disease. So you know, it's heavy. It's hard. Um, We do want to try to end on a a positive note to talk about The Longest Day, which is an initiative of the Alzheimer's Association. Before we get to that, we do have a caller on the line that I want to get to, Jane from Gulfport. Hey, Jane, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, thanks for calling. What's your question?
0: Um, My question is um, I have an 82-year-old mother who lives with me, and, um, she's just recently received a diagnosis of dementia. And she's high functioning now. She's able to care for herself in a lot of ways. Um, she does have gaps in memory. And, um, but what I'm wondering is for the future, because I know in the future this will be a progressive, um, problem. And uh, what is, is there anything that I can do now on the, Uh, the front end to help myself and my mother prepare for when things are going
1: to be tough. Well, I applaud your being proactive. I think that's great, and not everyone um, really thinks that way. So thanks for calling, Jane, and and thanks for that question. Mm -hmm.
3: Yes, um, I love it because a lot of times people are like, I don't want to know. But if you do know something, then you can plan, like you said, for you and your mom. Legal and financial plans – the most important thing to do absolutely get her while she can give her input and tell you who she would prefer to take care of her you know let her help make her plan Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: and you also want to get um legally you want to be positioned um so that you are able to have the authority to carry out her wishes Right. So many people, they wait until it's too late and she's unable right. to um, to express her voice mm-hmm. and legally have the authority to sign that over. And, and a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't want to give up control of my life. But you're not doing that. When you present a family member and give them that authority, you're putting them in a position where you, they are able to protect you and that they are able to carry out your own personal wishes. Mm-hmm. And they'll have the legal authority to do that. I, I cannot emphasize that. It's enough. the opposite, actually. They're being more empowered. Yes, yeah. absolutely.
3: And there's elder law attorneys that are really specialize in this, mm-hmm. exactly what we're talking about. So I would encourage you to contact one. And if you need referrals, um, you can certainly
1: call and we'll give you some of the names. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks for your call, Jane. Okay. So we have a few more minutes. Let's talk about The Longest Day, Adina. Yes. Thank you. Well, The Longest Day is one
4: of the Alzheimer's Association's signature fundraiser events. While it centers around the day with the most light, the summer solstice, um, participants are actually able to hold their fundraising events any time during the year. Um, flexibility and creativity are keywords. For um, the longest day, you get to choose your date. You get to choose your activity. You get to choose your location. Um, you can make it as big or as small as you want. And then on June 21st, um, you join thousands of others across the country and actually across the world, um, and we celebrate what we've accomplished in the previous year. Um, and that provides kind of two points of, of contact, two points of emphasis. The first one is when you have your event, you talk about it, you wear your T-shirt, you've got the purple going everywhere, you really talk about and have your fundraiser. But then again on June 21st, um, collectively as as a country, um, you join your force, your voice with all those others across the country. Um, and you really just – social media is, is blinged out. There's hashtag end-alls, hashtag the longest day. You can put in a virtual gallery where you get to see what people across the country are doing for their longest day. And it's a great day to raise your voice. Again, elevate the conversation. Again, have more community. Again, remove that isolation. Um, it is um, – activities that people have chosen. It's it's anything you can think of. It's biking, hiking, playing bridge, swimming, knitting, art, dancing.
1: If it's legal, you can do it for the longest day. (laughs) Yes, we don't advise doing like an illegal uh, gambling tournament or something for the longest day. I love this because it it doesn't have to be a huge event. You can get your girlfriends or your family together and just have them maybe, you know, do something just like mm-hmm. you said, bridge, or going for a, a walkout together and asking people to donate to mm-hmm. the cause. Or bake, m- oh, bake grandmother's a- cookies. Bake sale. Mm-hmm. in uh, Memory right. honor of her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. it's just an idea. So there's really, there are no boundaries, no barriers to be able to participate. You don't have to run, mm-hmm. as no. we were we were talking about <laughs> no. the break. You don't have to run or climb up stairs. Mm-hmm. I mean, those right. are all fun things, but... You do whatever is meaningful to you, mm-hmm. and it can be done as you said on, on any day, any day. So is it, you're able you can't to get more flexible it. than this. No, you
4: can, and you're able to make it um, according to what your family and your people need. So it is also very dementia friendly. You can, you know, you can kind of tailor it down into something small that grandma can participate in, or you can make it something big that honors grandpa. Um, you can really make it personal and creative. Um, and the participants, with the longest day, participants are able to raise crucial and critical awareness, and they're also able to raise money to advance the Alzheimer's Association's care and support programs, which Cindy just is amazing with and rocks all over the state. Um, and then fund research for the cure. The Alzheimer's Association is the leading nonprofit funder of Alzheimer's research in the world, wow. in the world. And um, we are making strides in Alzheimer's disease um, Diagnosis and treatment and there are so many incredible research projects in the works that we just have to keep going we will not quit until there is a cure
1: that's
4: great you can turn you can go to alz.org slash the longest day and you can learn more about it there you can register there you can give me a call um it's a beautiful beautiful event it's very empowering because um the day with the most light is the day we fight and it's no longer a matter of sitting back and waiting and sitting back and suffering. It's a day when you can be proactive and
1: active and stand up and fight back and
4: raise your voice and do something about
1: it. Well, and honor your your loved mm-hmm. ones and try to turn a negative situation into as positive mm-hmm. of, of one as possible. It's, it's very so it's empowering. Mm-hmm. It's very empowering. Well, wonderful. We just have a couple minutes left. Is there anything we want to leave our audience with, maybe you want to mention the number again for the support groups?
3: Yeah, I want to be sure that everybody, everyone's got the 1-800 number. It's one eight hundred two seven two three nine zero zero. 272 3900. And if anyone is interested in participating in support groups, having an educational program in their community, they can call that number. They'll get in touch with me, and then we'll get... Church groups, yes. schools,
1: workplaces, Anywhere anything. and everywhere. These ladies are available for you guys out there. So please take advantage of this wonderful resource. If you need to get the information in the future, you can call up here at MPB. If you didn't get the numbers, uh, or email us at women at mpbonline.org, and we will put you in touch with these ladies. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Thank you. I appreciated it. It went by too fast. We had... We had too good of a time. Today's Southern Remedy was produced and engineered by Jay White. The call screener was Liz Gill. I'm Dr. Allie Brown. Thanks for joining us and join us next week on Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. I'm sorry, NPR's Here and Now is up next.